This is the smell of the leftover tuna fish sandwich you left in your lunchbox over the weekend in a wimpy trash bag. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy! Blech! And this is the smell of that same sandwich in a hefty, ultra-strong trash bag. Hefty, hefty, hefty! Ah, smell the difference? Hefty Ultra Strong has Arm & Hammer with continuous odor control, so no matter what's inside your trash. Hmm. You can stay one step ahead of Stinky. And for bigger jobs, try the superior strength of Hefty Large Black Bags. Blog Talk Radio. Thank <laughs> you. 
you know, because he has done so much uh-huh. during his tenure as a basketball player. And afterwards, he wrote a series of children books. He did something with animation and won an Oscar mm-hmm. last year. So, oh, did he really? Uh-huh. I didn't know that. Yeah. So he, he had a basketball academy, Mamba, right. going to play basketball last year. So he, he did a lot of things in basketball and outside of basketball or what have you. So it's just you never really ready to see a person go, but unexpectedly, mm-hmm. it's, like it's just a double win. Right. Unexpected. I think that can, in some ways, be one of the benefits of experiences like this, that I hope that at some point, because I know initially you're shocked and it's unbelievable, but as the days go on and the mourning period moves on, that at some point you take a moment to reflect on yourself. Who are the Kobe Bryants in your family? Who are the Kobe Bryants in your community? Even you, are you a Kobe Bryant? Are you fulfilling your purpose? Are you getting up every day committed and, you know, putting your, making your family a priority? I want to believe that there's a father who saw the response that Kobe has received or, or um, is now being reintroduced to his relationship with his daughter, and it's, it's inspiring that man to be a better father. I, I want to believe that sometimes that's the the fallout of experiences like this is that it actually motivates a lot of us to be better, yeah. to want to do better. Because I know I actually thought that to myself, like, what would my legacy be? What would people right. say about me if something happened to me? And I want to believe that people would say great things, but I also want to leave an impact on the world, maybe not to the extent, Right. Of a Kobe Bryant, but that's why I say you. It starts in your home, you know. Even if it's just your your family, mm-hmm. if that's as far as your as your impact goes, that's enough. Mm-hmm. And I and I I think that's important to realize. And I I say that a lot when it comes to outreach and us believing that we need to help a hundred people, mm-hmm. or I'll I'll start feeding the, the homeless when I become a millionaire. Mm-hmm. You don't need to be a millionaire to feed the homeless. Sure. Take your leftovers right. from Thanksgiving or even dinner last night, take it up the street and feed the homeless. Mm-hmm. It really is that simple. You don't have to have a million dollars. Because I know my family, like our extra blankets and stuff, every winter mm-hmm. we give our blankets to the homeless because it's it's cold so it's like I don't need to have fifty blankets. I don't need to go out. I don't. I don't have to have money to go out and buy a bunch of blankets. As I, you know, redecorate and things like that, I take my old blankets and I take them down there and give them to the homeless. It really is that simple. And I think a lot of times we we want to wait until or I'll, or I'll do it next year or I'll do it when I achieve this or when I get this. No, you have to start exactly where you are with. Who is around you? Right. I agree. Yeah. I agree. And I think that's one of the lessons that, that we can all take away from not just the passing of Kobe, but the legacy that I think he'll live, that he'll live, that he'll leave on the world. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so that's a huge loss. Um, it's, I'm glad that we're able to discuss that freely. Um, I think one of the interesting parts of grief and this, platform that we have is that it's, it's always interesting for me experiencing grief as I'm helping other people through their grief. Mm-hmm. And I have that, those experiences, especially when I'm dealing with mothers who have experienced child loss, because my journey 
I'm still on my own personal healing journey. So I have triggers for um, my son and my experience with him. So it's always interesting to me when I'm in the midst of helping someone and I have to deal with my own grief. And that's how I was feeling last night. It's like, how do I prepare for tonight's show when I was, I really was grieving yesterday. Yeah, I was just, I, was, I guess the first stage, shock. Yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. So I'm, I'm still in that stage. I think so, too. Yeah. I'm still in that stage. And it's like, man, what in the world? Mm-hmm. You and know? it's that feeling of, okay, I'll wake up and it'll be over or it'll be a dream. Yeah, like, oh, okay. Because I just knew me. Still holding up. I was like, you know, uh-uh, nah, somebody is. Miss Hogan or Miss Right. When they get down there. TMZ, spreading rumors. Yeah. Yeah. You know, when they get down there, somebody will be alive. Like, everybody ain't dead. Right. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I'm just in shock. Total shock. Still in total shock. Right. That's just me. Yeah. And it also, it's a traumatic experience, which I think it's a great segue for tonight's discussion where we're going to talk about trauma and forgiveness. When someone hurts you, when someone has violated you, when someone does you wrong, when someone disappoints you, whatever your traumatic experience is, how do you forgive that? Mm. Not just how do you forgive it, should you? Mm. Is it necessary? So I want to put that question out there before, as we go to this break. When we come back, we're going to be joined by Mr. Kazuri Alameen. And he's going to help us explore this very important topic of trauma and forgiveness. So I ask that you go ahead and continue to stay tuned with us. You're listening to the Good Grief Girl Show here on Blog Talk Radio. And when we return from the break, we'll continue our discussion or begin our discussion on trauma and forgiveness. Stay tuned.
Radio. The topic for the hour is trauma and forgiveness. And we're excited to have Mr. Kazuki Alameen here with us. Yes. How are you doing? How are you doing? Hey, Mr. Alameen. Hey, how's how are everything? You? How are you doing? I'm glad to be We're there. Great. Glad to be. You guys are, I'm excited. I'm excited. You guys are sharing some wonderful information. You, you own it. I, I commend you. Thank yes. you. Thank you. We're so excited to have you here. We want our audience to know that you have 35 years of experience in mental health, that you have extensive experience where you um, – have motivational seminars where you specialize with assisting people in battling their various family grief and addiction issues, which are so important. And our mental health has become such an important focus, I think, as we're as we're evolving, I think, as a culture and as a society, we're starting to learn the importance of our mental health and also the power that we have over our mental health, that we don't have to remain in bondage by things that happened in our childhood or early adulthood. I think that's one of the the awakenings that's happening now. So we're excited to have you. If you could, give us a little background about your experience. Well, once again, I've been in the mental health business for over uh, 35 years. I've uh, worked at five different facilities in Metro Atlanta, and over that 39-year history, I've trained over 1,000 counselors and mental health technicians. I've also done groups for 38 of those years. So I'm very, very comfortable in dealing with, as you so eloquently stated, dealing with people with grief loss issues, addiction issues, low self-esteem, family issues. So I'm very, very comfortable in, in, in this culture. I'm very, very comfortable. Everything we do and don't do in life starts in our mental health. Everything we do or don't do starts in our head. That's great. Yeah, and That's so as, awesome. as we're, and I was, I was listening to what I was listening to what you guys are saying about the the trauma and the forgiveness piece that is so very, very vital because I've experienced some of those same vibrations you guys say you do experience it with the shock and awe. You know what I mean? Right. You know, but it's good to be able to talk about it because one of the things I learned in mental health and I'm still learning, if you don't talk your emotions out, you're going to act them out. And when you act them out, 99% of the time, it's going to be in the negative. Mm. Now, that's so it's important to talk. talk think, it's a, yes, yes, go ahead. I'm sorry. I think that's a great point that you make because um, um, Dr. Shanae actually has shared with us one of the experiences or one of the things that motivated her to become interested in this area of grief is that is was was realizing that a lot of her students were acting out as a result of the grief that they were experiencing. Right. And I think it, I think we we're more open to give kids that grace when we need to give adults that same grace because one of the issues, one of the areas that we, we're exploring on the show is the different ways that you experience grief. So if you just went through a divorce, you know, there there's some grief associated with that. And a lot of times we don't allow people space to not just act out but avoid acting out and try to resolve grief that's associated with these different forms of loss that they've experienced. Yes, ma'am, I agree with you 100%. I agree with you 100%. And our damage, too, what we'll do is we'll project our own stuff on the other people. Right. Okay? And, that, and, that double, and that double binds people because all our experiences are the same. We, I mean, all our, all our, I'm sorry. All our experiences are different. We can look at the same picture and get a different view. And we don't need, uh-huh. anybody to undervalue our, we don't need anyone to undervalue our truth. Okay? That's very, very important. 
And uh, so, because a person has to be where they are in that process. I like to call it, I call it PTO, which stands for peeling the onion. You got to take your time with this. It's not a rush job. You got to be where you are with this. And only you know where you, you are. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? And you can read, you yeah. can listen to hear others, that's fine, but only you know where you are. And that's, that needs to be okay. I think a lot of times people don't know that it's okay because I've been educated right. this way, I've been indoctrinated this way, and he said this and she said that, that's fine, but they were not in your experiences. Right. And you brought up a good point of being okay. A lot of times, especially when it comes to grief, I think we want to rush the process and we want to dictate how everyone experiences grief. So because I experience grief a particular way, a lot of times people want everyone else to respond the same way. And, of course, I'm going to respond to my experience based on my life view or my worldview and the things that I experience prior to that, that loss. Right. And I think that's important. That's an important point that you bring up that, you know, we can only respond based on where we are at that moment and, right. and understanding that where we are will change. As my yes. life changes, yes. as I continue to experience life, where I am in the moment changes because my response to grief today may not be the same 10 years from now. Because I'm in a different position. Right. Uh We know more. Yes. Yes. Uh huh. Yeah. So, what do you think, um, Mr. Almeida, are some of the symptoms of emotional trauma? Like, what are the the signs? Like, if I want to, because a lot of times, especially when I think it comes to trauma and childhood trauma or just experiencing life, things start to pile on, and a lot of times we mm-hmm. lose sight of what the original issue was. So what do you think are some of the symptoms of emotional trauma? Well, as we deal with the definition of trauma itself, that is a deeply disturbing experience, a deeply disturbing experience. And experience is anything that you go through, karma, anything that goes through you. And but even when mm-hmm. I, even, with the, even with the definition of deeply, that that is still different because my deep can be different from your deep. You know what I'm saying? Right. And so as uh-huh. as, we, as we're dealing with certain certain pieces of, of the symptoms, uh, one of the things I found out in doing group show for 38 years is you know you begin to get a lot of verbal and physical abuse uh, when it comes to certain symptoms of emotional trauma. Okay, and then a lot of people don't know how to deal with it, but whatever we've been through in life, regardless of where we may grow to. Everything starts with the childhood, and then we go forward. So in a lot of my groups, I'll take people back to their childhood, in regardless of their age, and then bring them back forward. Why? Because before you was an adult, you was an adolescent. Before you were an adolescent, you yeah. was a child. You had that, that experience existed, and that affects us mm-hmm. as adults. But a lot, of, about a lot of verbal abuse comes along with emotional trauma. And then I've seen that graduate, unfortunately, a lot of times with a combination of verbal abuse and physical abuse. Uh-huh. Because because verbiage language is very very dev- language is very very devastating. People sometimes you undervalue that, but what you say to people can be very very devastating at times, especially yeah. when a person is coming from a person who has low self esteem or they are very bitter themselves. Mhm. And I think and a lot of times, especially when it comes to verbal abuse, we accept some things as cultural and oh. It's and, oh, that's just how they are, especially when we discuss this over the holidays where, you know, okay. a lot of people aren't aren't enthused about visiting family because they're or why aren't you married or, 
you know, why do you have three different baby toddlers? So it's, it's these it's these statements that we have right it's your own family that that we accept it as oh it's just a part of our culture it's just you know that's how black people are when it actually hurts it cuts yes, to be to be to hear that you know constantly to be shamed for your body to be shamed for mistakes that you may have had you know to, yes, to hear that constantly it can slowly chip away at your self esteem. Indeed, indeed, indeed. And then especially when you realize, like, you know, we're going to justify because it came from family, they don't make it right. <laughs> By no means, you know. And then sometimes if our self-esteem is so traumatized, we have a hard time letting them know how we truly feel because and that's because it's family. But it, once again, that don't make it right because it's family. Some of your most, unfortunately, some of your most devastating verbiage comes from family members. Yeah. At times. Not all yeah. the time, but, but certain times. Let's be real for a moment. And that's true. Yes. Yeah. Uh, what, what but I think it's, 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 but I think it's, go ahead, I'm sorry, go, go, go ahead, I'm sorry. What are some steps that we can take? Because I know it's hard to stand up for yourself, especially when you've been hearing for the last 25 years the same statements from particular family members, and they feel comfortable. What does it take to actually stand up for yourself? As you begin to find out who you are and you begin to get excited about your own internal spirit, uh, that changes the complexion of things. When you're, when you're loving yourself, when you're by yourself, for yourself, with yourself, through yourself, that's a whole different way of living. Mm-hmm. Then you can really set those boundaries, I like to call it, whether you agree or not, it's, that's not that's not your issue, that's their issue. Right. So having, having, having a convicted self-esteem, it's a convicted self-esteem, that's very, very important. Convicted self-esteem. Yes, ma'am. Oh, I haven't heard that because, one. That's a good one. Well, what's the difference? Yeah, because what happens is people people will try to pull your thunder from you. Mm. You know, and when you are connected, when you are connected, I can say in my seminar, I tell people where are you at in your private thoughts? Because we all got a sun side, we all got a moon side. And I say that by design. Where are you at in your private thoughts when you by yourself? When nobody wants to know whether you're telling the lie or the truth, but you, that's a whole different degree of, of healing. See, we've heard the verse before to that, to that, to that own self be true. So where are we at with that? Where are you at with your own self? Are you true to your own self in your private thoughts? That's a whole different way of living. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. I love that. That's a great idea because I've, and we've discussed um, the importance of introspection and self-reflection. I think you bring up, up an excellent point of where are you in your private thoughts? A lot of times yes. what we present to the world is our mask or what we yes. aspire to be. However, when we're presenting that person to the world, we're constantly down-talking ourselves. We're constantly um, feeding ourselves negative words. So that's an important fact to bring up that who are you in your yes. quiet time? Yes. What do you really think yes. about that? Yeah. Indeed. That's a good one. I love it. Indeed. That. Yes, indeed. Yeah, I think a lot of times when we hear one of the things that I do in my groups, I, like I call it, I, like I say, I call it tooling the onion because you know that onion we get one layer at a time. You don't get the whole onion, uh-huh. you get one layer at a time. And a lot of times if you go to hear people speak or seminars or videos or CDs, however you want to verbalize it, and people get all excited and before they get get back to their cars, they are depressed again. Why? Because they got caught up in the fluff. Mm. <laughs> you see. 
They got yeah. called for what I call a Kodak moment. Now on your on the way back to your car, you're depressed again. That's why I said you got to deal with this. It's, it's, it's introspective. That's why I say everything we do, I don't do in this life starts in the mind. Starts in the mind. Yeah. But that is the, mm-hmm. but that's the process. It's like with forgiveness. You know, forgiveness is the process of forgiving someone or something. The key word is process. It's a process. It's not overnight. And I've seen too many people who want to what I call microwave their forgiveness because of what they've been told or what they read. And they don't even understand what forgiveness means to them. Can you can you see that? You know, yeah. you don't even want to have a great understanding of what forgiveness means, and that, and it hurts a lot of people. It's a process. You know, there's a process, I and mean, then be okay with the process. Well, you may be in the process. That's part of the healing. It's okay. It's not, it's not how fast it is. It's how substantive it is. But once again, that comes uh-huh. down to that individual's experience. Wow. You know, how, I think that's going to tell you. Because yeah, a lot because, of times you know, forgiveness is a lot of times we think forgiveness is saying, "Oh, I'm sorry," and then yes. I and so you say, "I'm sorry." I say, oh, "Okay, I forgive you," and we're thinking that's it. But to your right. point, it's actually a process. But we all know true forgiveness is change behavior. That we should see yes, change right. in your behavior, and I think to right. your point, that's a part of the process. Yes. Because even when you mentioned about behavior, which is definitely very crucial, but one of the things that I teach is behavior is secondary. What do you mean, Mr. Kazuri? Because without an attitude, there is no behavior. So behavior is what you see. Attitude controls the behavior. So in order to get a changed behavior, you've got to get a changed attitude. Mm. The attitude drives the behavior, not the behavior not the other way around. You yeah. see? And so that's, that, and that's, that's the process. You know, it's, it's, you know, in my classes that I teach, I focus on the attitude because everything we do starts in the head once again. Okay, you know, so, so if your attitude and your behavior don't fit, then we're, then now we're dealing with hypocrisy. Wow. Because what you say and what oh. you do need to align itself, and if it don't, then that's an issue. So I'm, I'm not concerned about the behavior. I focus on the attitude. <laughs> because because like wow. I say, behavior is secondary. Attitude is primary. Mm-hmm. So would the attitude be your your opinion or your view of whatever the violation is. Can you can you elaborate on that a little more? Like what how can I change my attitude before I change my behavior? What would change my attitude like? One of the things that's gonna give me a greater clearance is being able to understand why. Example, we talk about forgiveness, but I have to go inside of me to see why do I want forgiveness from him or her? I mean, what does that mean to mm-hmm. me? Do, do I even want forgiveness of him or I need to be I need to be healthy enough to question my own self. What is this going to do for me? Because it, once again, you know, forgiveness is something that's happening to someone or something. So I have to ask myself: Is that is is that important to me? If so, why? I need to be I need to be clear on my own why. And that mm-hmm. gives me a way to push into which way I want to go with it. I think a lot of times we, we miss that. And why do I want forgiveness? I do a seminar, not to, not to digress for a moment, but I do a seminar called Is Forgiveness Necessary? And I'm not telling that person that it's not, but I, I share a lot of wisdom to allow that person to answer that question for him or herself. We hear it all the mm-hmm. time, forgiveness is not for the other person. And forg- you know, not, you know, forgiveness is not for you. So forgiveness is not for other persons, for you. But what does that mean? We begin, we begin to mimic right. a lot of stuff that has stopped with no substance. I, I did a group last night, and I was telling them, we hear about forgiveness all the time, but so did I forgive, example, John Doe at 2.30 on Tuesday, the sun was shining? What, what do you mean? You know, we, you know, do I forgive at a certain time, a certain day? We never talk about that. We always hear it's for, it's for the other, it's for, it's for the, you know, you, the other person. But we never get specific about it. we got to break this thing down. 
And so if I forgive John Doe 230 on Thursday, how will I know? What happens in my spirit for me to say I've forgiven him? What has transpired? That's me talking to me. Mm-hmm. Wow. So is there and a lot of times we don't, we, don't, we don't touch that. We begin to, I'm sorry, go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm getting excited now. I, I actually, <laughs> the, the comment that you made is the question that I posed. Is forgiveness necessary? Is there an answer yeah. to that? Or is there, can you answer that question? Yes, there are, there are times where forgive. There are times where it's, it's not, and don't make that person a bad person. But we have to be honest about that. You know, there are times at this particular time, example, like thirty, maybe I'm not there today, right now, at this point. I'm not forgiving nobody, and I'm okay with that. That confession mm. could change at nine thirty, but I need to be healthy enough to tell myself that. Versus based on my indoctrination, I need to always forgive. No, not right now. Mm. Not right now. You know, and then I, I can go to that, but right where I'm in my life right now is not right now. Because a lot of things we do, too, we do a lot of what I call uh, grief comparing, or we do a forgiveness comparing, you know, and that's devastating. You know, I got to deal with my own life. We all have a different DNA. So we need to be right. in a pivot where we are, you know what I mean, versus what somebody told me, because it sounds good. I need to, you know, there's a, there's a time when it's not time for forgiveness. And I'm, and I'm mm. totally comfortable with what I'm saying. I'm totally comfortable with that. Like I said, I've been, you know, I've, I've, I've seen the devastation of, you know, after 30 years in groups, I've seen the yay and nay of it. But there is a time where it's not time for forgiveness. And I'm, I'm totally comfortable with what I'm saying. So not forgiving, can I, can that be explained as a part of the process? Because you did, yes. you did say right. today, I don't, today I'm not forgiving you. But that doesn't mean right. a year Ten years from now, I may not forgive you. So part, maybe it, part it, of my process is getting to the point of forgiving you. Right. Yes, ma'am. Is that yes, ma'am. Like I said, and, and that's okay. That can change. But imagine saying you've forgiven somebody. Like, I think you did that a minute ago. Imagine saying you forgive somebody and you really are not there yet. That, mm-hmm. that never binds your self-worth. Because mm-hmm. I'm saying what I'm not feeling. <laughs> you see? But when I can get to a point, I'm not going to stay stuck there. But but right now, at this moment in my life, this is where I am. That's part of the healing right. process. Mm. And I think, we, so I think before, we don't talk about that enough. Before, we don't talk about that enough. So before you, um, okay, so to the person who thinks they're owed forgiveness, um, what questions, are, are they asking themselves this question? Why do I want forgiveness? You know, what what is this going to do for me? Is that the question the person yes. needs to begin yes. with? Yes. They need to get clear on their why. They need to get clear. And that, and that why is personal. It's internal. So if I get mm-hmm. forgiveness from him or her, what does that mean? What does that do for me? Why, why is forgiveness mm-hmm. from this person based on what he or she did, why is that important to me in my life? Mm-hmm. And that's that so person. I call it biofeedback. You know, like I, call, I, I encourage people to look in the mirror so you got that biofeedback so you look at right at yourself. You're looking right at you mm-hmm. and asking the question that me and you discussing right now. That's a whole different way of dealing with it. Wow. So I would imagine asking yourself that question that your answer may very well be, I don't need it. So Indeed. I don't I don't I don't need I don't need to forgive this person because it's not gonna enhance my life. It's not gonna bring me any peace. So why seek that forgiveness? If 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 right. if I ask myself the question and my answer is I don't need it, then I think we need to be okay saying I yes. don't need that forgiveness. Right, and you can pivot and not beat yourself up about that. You know, you don't, you don't want to say it and beat yourself up. I made this statement. I'm okay with it. I'm at peace with it within my own spirit, and I and I pivot and I move on. 
Yeah, because um, Miss Alameen, there are people who who need to also be okay with um, the person not ever being able to forgive. Like, are you Indeed. are you okay with your dad not being in your life for X amount of years? You know, he's not. Are you okay with him not saying I'm sorry? You know, but now right. he's trying to mess up for a long time. Now he's trying to come around. Are you okay with you know? your mom, whatever the case may be, you may right. not ever get that, I'm sorry. Right. And then sometimes, based on what that person's been through, they might be doing the best they can, based on what they know. Right. You know, because yeah. so, sometimes we go out, yeah. we, we get down for giving this highway, and it has nothing to do with you. You just got caught up in it because it was somebody else's <laughs> job, and this person was having a bad hair day, so to speak. You know what I'm saying? You know, and that yeah. happens in life. You yeah. know, and it has nothing to do with you. You tasted it, but it had nothing to do with you. Mm-hmm. Then I've been getting a whole grudge because somebody done, you know made me angry or hurt me, and it had nothing to do with you. Right. And so what I, I do, what I do, even with forgiveness, and we're talking about tonight, I encourage people to first and foremost, before they go anywhere else, to look inside. Not to minimize what they've been through, but to look inside themselves first. Why? Because there are certain things all of us might need to forgive ourselves first before before we go anywhere else. Yeah. So how are you forgiving yourself? You kind of get forgiveness from everybody else. How are you forgiving yourself for your yesterday and your yesteryear? Mhm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Come on now. You know what I'm saying? Let me, yeah, let me start with me. It's easy to project. You see, it's easy to project on somebody else. But what am I holding on that I need to forgive myself for that I have not forgiven myself for yet? Yeah. And I cannot do that if my if my self worth is fragile. I cannot look at that because it's easier to project on somebody else than, than to mm-hmm. deal with myself. Yeah. So I try I, to encourage people based is- on not not to minimize anything, but start with start with yourself first. You're talking about forgiveness, actually for forgiveness, how you forgiving yourself for abusing yourself. And just like most things in life, that it always starts and ends with yourself. So that Indeed. is the first person that you need to seek forgiveness with and from is yourself. Yes, ma'am. But, yeah, that, but once again, the key word is that that's a process. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. a process. Because you know it's it's, it's, it's natural to, to, to look outward before I go inward. So I I got to work my way back inward. I got to work my way back. Be back to the word again. It's the process of forgiving someone or something. It is a process. It's important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, ma'am. Well, we're going to take a quick break, um, Mr. Kazuri. When we get come back, we want to continue this discussion on the actual process because this isn't something that I personally thought of before our conversation that forgiveness is actually a process. So I want us to explore that that a little more because I think this is an important um, point that you're making here. So we're going to take this quick break and we'll come back. We'll continue this discussion on trauma and forgiveness. And you've been tuned in to the Good Grief Girl Show here on Blog Talk Radio. We'll be back right after this quick break.
Before we went to break, we were talking on an awesome topic, trauma and forgiveness, yeah. with our guest, Mr. Kazuri Alameen. We're so happy to have you here. You're having a, this is a very enlightening conversation. Yes, it is. So you know. Yes. One of the things today and I actually enjoy about this show is that we're learning. Yes. And we don't proclaim to be know-it-alls. You know, we're constantly in positions of learning. I think the best best leaders are great students. Mm-hmm. So uh, we're, Indeed, we're actually learning a lot. Because I, I know me personally, this entire issue of forgiveness this entire issue of um, forgiveness is something important. This is a spiritual value for me personally. And I've been of the belief, like you said, that forgiveness is for me, not you. And so I'm usually quick to forgive people, but I can also attest to, praise God, I have not experienced a lot of trauma in my life. So it's, it's, yes, it's easy for me to say Oh, forgive your mother because I have a working relationship with my mother. So, but to yes, the because I think these parent-child relationships, I'm learning now as an adult. I'm starting to see a lot of the breakdowns or gaps in a lot of those relationships that I just didn't realize okay. existed because I grew up with with two parents who took care of me and I always felt loved and all of this. But as an adult, I'm starting to meet people who felt like their parents didn't love them. And as a woman, I'm like, I can't imagine growing up feeling like my mother didn't love me. So it's hard for me to tell that woman to forgive her mother when you spent your entire life feeling like your mother didn't love you. So to your point, I think that's that process of forgiveness that we have to allow people space to experience. Yes, ma'am. You know, because as, as you were on break, I was thinking again, too, part of that process is being patient, too. It's being patient with mm. the process. And like I said, if you can be yeah. patient with it, it gives you a greater, it gives you greater clarity. Because if I'm, if I'm overwhelmed and I'm doing this and I don't see the big picture, then I'm still going to end up hurting myself. Uh-huh. So be patient yeah. with the process. It's a process. I mean, like old man told me one time, it took time to make time. So true. Mm-hmm. You know, so we don't have to. We don't have to rush this thing. But a lot of times we are, we are pushed to rush it, especially when people project their own stuff on you. Because as you were talking about your experience with your mom, over my years of mental health, I've dealt with a lot of people who have been physically, uh, emotionally, sexually abused by their mother. Yeah. I work with this. I know. Yeah. It I know it happens. So you know, that's that's a whole different flavor with somebody for somebody to tell that person, well, you need to forgive your mom, you need to forgive your dad. You know, okay, not not that we're not going to do it, but you need to hear my side of the story right now. Mm-hmm. You know, I got to get to forgiveness right now. I'm still hurt. I'm still angry. I'm still pissed. I'm still disoriented. Let me get to my. Let me get there, and then we can talk about that. But right now, today, that's what I mean. By right now, we can't talk about that right now. Today, it's not that I'm anti by no means, but I've been I mean, I've been physically abused by my mom for X amount of years. Right. You know, so that's why you have, you have to individualize this thing. We can't be a collective. We can learn as a group, but we have to break this right. thing down and get a negative day on an individual basis to get authentic healing and not artificial healing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think also that that relationship and let, let's call it the forgiveness relationship and allowing room for that patience that you speak mm-hmm. of is understanding that a person can only offer forgiveness from the perspective of where they are. In this case, yes, if your mother 
never felt loved, if she's never experienced love, if she wasn't loved by her mother, her mother wasn't loved by her mother, that's how we create these generations of trauma. So you, you actually have to have patience when it comes to understanding that a lot of the trauma that we're experiencing is actually generational. Your mother is Indeed, abusing I, you because more than likely she was abused. Yeah. Not to excuse Indeed. her behavior, however, right, we right. have to allow some patience there. Yes, that's what I'm saying. We need to be able to talk about it because if not, we're going to act it out. You know, and so, mm-hmm. because like you say, it's a lot of, gener- I've worked with it. I know, so I know what you're saying is very real. It's a lot of generational stuff. You know, and yeah. so we got to we got to talk about this thing. We got to just be very patient with it. Once again, we don't need to microwave it. We need to crock pot this thing. Mhm. And also, you know I think one of the, the one of the realities cool. of generational trauma is that every generation, like we have access to information that our parents and our grandparents didn't have access to. So a lot of yes, the ma'am. tools that we have, a lot of the beliefs that we have. They're not sold on those beliefs, one being therapy. I think it's, it's right. harder. It's easier now. Millennials, are, they're, they're, they're huge proponents of mental health therapy. Our generation, right. I think we're kind of iffy. Our parents, grandparents, they're like, oh, no, you don't need that. Yeah. So now, you know, <laughs> I think that, that also plays into the trauma that we're experiencing and the forgiving relationship that we're trying to foster is that a lot of times we just have different understandings and values yes. when it's surrounding Indeed. forgiveness. Indeed. Indeed. And I, and I concur with you 100% because, you know, a lot of times when you think about mental health, some people are very quick to say, I ain't crazy. It has, it has nothing to do with uh-huh. that. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. You know, you're so what I try to do is put it in a different perspective, whereas my settings are intimate enough where a person will feel comfortable enough in being able to share. You know, and uh, but after all my years of experience, I'm, I'm real good at that. You know, I'm not trying to put anybody on the defensive. I'm not trying to make anybody uncomfortable. Let's look at this thing a different way. Let's, let's let me do this a different way, because knowledge is what you learn. Wisdom is what you live. There's a difference. You know, oh, so it, it, it can That's be done. Knowledge, is knowledge is what you learn. Wisdom is what you live. Mm. Wisdom gives you your That's where your conviction comes from And your wisdom I mean, Yes it's good to have a know how But a lot of people got knowledge But they're not doing what they know So that's so zero times zero is zero you see? So you got to put this thing into action you know, But that is a process again you know, and, I, and I strive to be sensitive In taking a person where he or she may be And like I told a lady last night Five plus four is nine But six plus three is nine Eight plus one is nine So come on where you want to go with it We can go where we got to go right. with it Right. That's, that's like get caught up on the logistics, and we don't, and then we don't, and then we become judgmental, and and then, and then, and then but I got the truth, and you got to lie. It ain't about that. It ain't about mm-hmm. that, you know. But so real system and taking a person where he or she may be, and I've dealt with from out of, from kids as young as four to geriatrics as old as eighty nine. It doesn't matter. Take a person right. where she may be. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of trying to push them better where you where you want them to be, it has nothing to do with you. Mm. <laughs> Now, I'm guilty of that. I will admit that I'm guilty of wanting people to be who I think they should be. And, yes, ma'am. And, and I've, I'm learning to let go of that because, one, I think it, it places unrealistic expectations on myself and my okay. relationship with people, and I'm learning to allow people 
and and I'm, when I say people, I'm talking about those who are close to me, allowing yes, them ma'am. to be who they want to be. Even yes, if ma'am. I feel like, oh man, I, you would make a great football player. But he's like, no, I want to play soccer. So I mean, that may not be a good example. But um, that's a great I, example. That's I, a great I, example. Me personally, I, I I'm guilty of that. Well, I think we all have been in one, one, one type or another, and that's, and that's okay. Once you recognize it, then you can deal with it. You know what I mean? Then you can, as I say, you, then you can own it, and you, and you can pivot from there. You right. know, we've all been there, you know, because I, I, you know, the stuff I'm telling you now, I, this stuff came through experience. I started like, in the uh-huh. gate. I'm, I'm trying to save the whole world. You got to do it my way. I, I know all this. I didn't know nothing. I was a novice. <laughs> right. You know? So the, the school of experience takes no vacation. Now I'm speaking, yes. I'm speaking, so I'm speaking from experience now. You see what I'm saying? In the, school, mm-hmm. in the school experience, not only does it take a, not take a vacation, it's open 24-7, 365. There's no fall or summer, winter break in life. We're going to live until we die. That's real talk. Come on. That's real. Yes. Yes, that's good. You have been so enlightened. Tell us a little more about some of the services that you offer because you, you keep mentioning the uh, courses and the mental health. Are these one-on-one seminars, or is it well, group workshops? I do one-on-ones. I do one I do groups. I do families. Like example, uh, next uh, next. I just, matter of fact, I did a seminar last week on grief and loss. It was it was delicious. It was very delicious. But going to segue into February, I'm going to be at the uh, Villa Rica Library. Of course, it's in Villa Rica, Georgia, on February the fifteenth. Um, uh, start okay. time will be from ten a.m. To the, until eleven a.m. I'm going to be doing a group on where is your self-esteem. Where is your self-esteem? And I, I, broke, I go ahead on to break those nuggets down, and it's called—it's all about human development for me. That's what it is about human development, and I and I and I, and I have certain modes that I use to help people to understand where where, where they are. But it's, but the settings are intimate, and like I said, it's non-judgmental. Uh, and I'm bringing all my experience to the table, and 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 the groups are dynamic. They are very dynamic. But this is the next group that I have planned for next month. And those are open to the public. Yes, they're open to the public because I can, you know, they, they, they can, people can sign up to the library. Uh, they can sign up at uh, Speaker Alameen on our Facebook if they want if they want to come. Yeah. And awesome. they can from 10 to that's 11. Great, mm-hmm. That's yes, a great ma'am. service to offer. Yeah. And it's needed for the yeah. community as well. Indeed. Indeed. Uh, you know, so- yeah, especially that, that those moments of looking inward. I, you know, I'm a yes. huge proponent of self that love yes. starts with yourself. In this case, forgiveness yes. starts with yourself, that it's important to examine why we feel the way that we feel, why we respond to people the way that we respond to them. You know, and I, and I learned, I think one of the biggest lessons that I learned early on in my motherhood journey is that I realized yes, how when I was stressed, how okay. it impacted how I parented. Mm-hmm. And that's when I started mm-hmm. to take notice of, okay, when I go off on people or when, you were, when you're short-tempered with, you know, people in line at the grocery store, what's really driving that? A lot of times right. it's not that you're, you're upset because that person cut you off in the parking lot. You're really upset because, you know, you don't have enough money to buy grocery or, you know, <laughs> some other issue that you're dealing with. And you're just taking it out on that person. So I think to your point, it's always important to examine yourself and think of why you're responding the way that you're responding. Why do you feel the way that you feel? And what's your view of yourself? That way when when other people call you outside your name or call you names or say negative things about you, it's not, it, it doesn't pierce. You as much because you don't, right, because you're confident in who you are. 
Yes, ma'am. And and and, that, and you said you said it so eloquently, and, and that is a process. You know, we call it in the trade. That's that's that transference. I ain't gonna do it myself. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna transfer it to you. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. But that's what that is. But, but what's going to be back to the process? Be back to the process. Uh huh. Yeah. And that also, you also bring up the point where it, that makes it important to be careful who and what circumstances we're surrounded by because that transference yes. does take place. Because if you have, a, if, yes. I, if I realize that you have a lot of issues going on in your life, it's just a matter of right. time before you start throwing that stuff off onto me because now you want to get rid of it. Indeed. I mean, it's, 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 it's natural. The energy is very real. The older I get in life, I'm, I'm convinced energy is very real. It's very real, yeah. positive and negative. It's very real, you know. Uh-huh. So, but I when agree. you recognize, you can you can deal with it differently. You see, what I'm saying differently by design, not right or wrong. Let me deal with it differently, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, and then once I get to that level, I, I, I can deal with it differently, you know. But yeah. that, that in itself is a process, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. It's a process. Yes. Well, we thank you so much yes. for sharing your wealth of yes. information with us. This was a great conversation that we had. Um, we thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to come on to our show, accepting our invitation to share this yes. space with us to help elevate us and our listeners to a better place where we can examine ourselves yes. and understand the relationship of trauma and forgiveness. So we thank oh you, Ms. Alamy. Ms. Alamy, before you uh, leave, can you tell our listeners again how they can find you? Uh, they can connect with me on my email, kazuri.alamine at yahoo.com. That's kazuri.alamine at yahoo.com. I could be contacted that way. Perfect. And that's K-U-Z-U-R-I dot a-L-A-M-I-N. That's how you spell his name. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. And also, before you guys, ladies, go, I want to thank you all. It's not a one-way street. I want to thank you all for having me. One of the things that life has taught and continues to teach me, I take nothing and no one for granted. So I thank you both from the bottom of my heart for having me. I thank you both, authentically speaking. Thank you very kindly. Thank you so much. We appreciate that. Awesome. So, guys, we hope you've enjoyed tonight's show where we have, I hope, exposed the importance of trauma and or understanding the different types of trauma you may have experienced in life and also taking ownership of the process of forgiveness. And the purpose of forgiveness yes. of where you are right now. Mm-hmm. In, your, in your life. And being able to be honest about not just your experience, but also allowing other people to be who they are, where they are. And I think if we didn't receive anything else from tonight, we have to be okay saying, I'm not ready to forgive. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. That's definitely okay to say, I'm not ready. And, allow it, and allowing that process to happen, mm-hmm. giving yourself patience and and giving other people grace so that they can practice that patience to to work through that process of forgiveness. And also becoming at peace with that person never being ready to forgive. Yeah. I mean, because some people just feel like they don't need to. Mm-hmm. That may be the answer for you. And you're okay with that. As long as it's not robbing you of peace, it's not keeping you stuck, you're not bitter, sometimes it's okay that that's that's the reality of that relationship. 
that's the the best that my mother or my father could have done, and I'm okay with that, and I'm able to move on. So we want to thank um, Mr. Kazuri Alameen for stopping by and dropping so many nuggets on us. Um, we will be sure to recap for our audience this, and we want to make sure that you follow us on social media. Yes, please join our Facebook group. Good Grief Girl, and subscribe to our Good Grief Girl YouTube channel. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at goodgrief underscore girl. Thank you again for joining us this evening. Continue to help us as we refrain grief conversations. Yes. Join us next Monday on Blog Talk Radio at goodgriefgirl.com. We'll see you next Monday, 8.30 p.m. This episode is made possible by PwC. It's getting hot out here. Moving the mercury can help move your business. PwC helps turn sustainability theory into real-world action. Reduce your carbon footprint while increasing transparency in net zero commitments. Start with reporting to identify your climate risks and reinvent your business. Create a more sustainable business and a stronger planet. It's all part of the new equation. Learn more at thenewequation.com. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.